All right. Matthew 26, verse 57 to 67, we are looking at the Bible as history this week. We have looked at a couple of major characters from the Old Testament. We have looked at Hezekiah and Sennacherib and the Rabshakeh and their story. We looked at Daniel and Belshazzar and Nebuchadnezzar and their story. Today we're going to look at somebody else of even greater importance. Matthew Who 26. Who has greater, greater importance? Who has greatest Importance. Let's start right there in verse 57. Then the people who had arrested Jesus led him to the home of Caiaphas, the high priest, where the teachers of religious... Caiaphas. Caiaphas, sorry. uh, To the home of Caiaphas, the high priest, where the teachers of religious law and the elders had gathered. Meanwhile, Peter followed him at a distance and came to the high priest's courtyard. He went in and sat with the guards and waited to see how it would all end. Inside, the leading priests and the entire high council were trying to find witnesses who would lie about Jesus so they could put him to death. But even though they found many who agreed to give false witness, they could not use anyone's testimony. Finally, two men came forward who declared, This man said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. Then the high priest stood up and said to Jesus, Well, aren't you going to answer these charges? What do you have to say for yourself? But Jesus remained silent. Then the high priest said to him, I demand in the name of the living God, tell us if you are the Messiah, the Son of God. Jesus replied, You have said it. And in the future, you will see the Son of Man seated in the place of power at God's right hand and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothing to show his horror and said, Blasphemy! Have you all heard this blasphemy? What is your verdict? Guilty, they shouted. He deserves to die. Then they began to spit in Jesus' face and beat him with their fists. And some slapped him, jeering, Prophecy to us, you Messiah, you hit. who hit you that time? Okay, so when we uh, go through this story, the story of Jesus' crucifixion, this is the most major event of his life. This is the part of Jesus' life that the Bible speaks the most about. In fact, um, you know, more than half of the book of John is focused on the crucifixion, the death of Jesus, the last week of his life. And it's something that is absolutely critical to the existence of Christianity that these events actually took place. Indeed. If it can be proven that these events did not take place, then Christianity as a religion ceases to exist. So, for instance, if you were able to prove that, um, and it would should not be very hard to do that during the first century, during you know uh, around you know thirty one A.D. when these events happened, that um, that there was a different high priest, and that there was no such person by the name of Caiaphas. Pilate didn't exist, you know, Pontius Pilate didn't exist, etc., 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 then you would have destroyed Christianity. And there are a lot of enemies of Christianity, and so, of course, that would be very, very valuable to those who were enemies of Christianity. What's interesting is that when these records are made and the histories are written down, the major players, the characters, are specifically mentioned. So you've got the major characters here are all specifically spoken of and recorded. And, of course, these are individuals who would be historically verifiable. 
So it would be hard to write in the time of the apostles and to just kind of make stuff up. Um, there are those who say, well, you know, it was, you know, it was all uh, changed, you know, in about the 4th or the 5th century or whenever, um, and it grew out of a whole bunch of uh, myths and legends and so forth. But it's very, 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 it's extremely difficult to the point of an impossibility to deny the existence of a historical Jesus. And so today we're looking at Jesus from the standpoint of history. Did Jesus exist as a historical person? There is a multitude of evidence to show that Jesus existed as a historical person. But the greatest evidence of all is the evidence of cause and effect. Okay, so there are a number of major religions in the world. You have Islam, you have Judaism, you have Christianity, you have those are your major Abrahamic religions, then you have Hinduism. You have Buddhism, um, Sikhism, and so forth. All of these religions exist because there is a cause. They just don't come into existence from nowhere. The law of cause and effect demands that every effect that is observable has a cause at some point. And so to claim that Christianity came into existence or that Islam came into existence or that Buddhism came into existence without a founder is really kind of stretching the bounds of reason as a human being. So let's think about it for a moment. You've got uh, a situation where you've got a man. And let, let's think about what this guy accomplished. We, we, we talk about you know, disadvantaged people today. This guy had all of the disadvantages um, and more than anyone that I've ever come across. This was somebody who was born in a small village, the son of peasant couples in abject poverty, a peasant couple in, in abject, abject poverty. Um, until, he's, until he was 30 years old, he was a tradie. He then spent three years as a travelling minister he never travelled more than 200 miles from where he was born. Um, where he did go, he walked. He never held political office. He never wrote a book. He never bought a home. He never had a family and started a dynasty. He never went to a college or a school or received any kind of degree. He never entered a big city. And yet, he is the, most, the single most influential human being that has ever lived. His period of influence lasted just three and a half years. So if you look at Muhammad or uh, you know, some other founder of uh, major religion, you're going to find that they dedicated their entire life to the start, starting a new religion. Jesus died at the age of 33, three and a half years after his period of influence began. And yet he is universally recognized today as the most influential human being that has ever existed. You can't have the most influential human being that has ever existed not existing. Um, Time magazine described him as the single most powerful figure, not merely in these two millenniums, but in all human history. And throughout history, more has been written about those three short years of his ministry, um, of this one individual than has been written about any other person that has ever lived on planet Earth. Okay, so to try and say that Jesus 
never existed or to deny the historical Jesus is a logical impossibility before you even look for the evidence. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Okay, so we've got a number of major characters that are associated in, uh, that, that are uh, recorded in association with the life and particularly the death of Jesus. Um, the one that a couple of big name players as big well. Big name players. Okay, the biggest name player here is Caiaphas the High Priest. Indeed. Uh, let's talk about Caiaphas the High Priest. Do we have any historical record of Caiaphas the High Priest? We do. Okay, so uh, let me see. What was Caiaphas's other name? His other name was uh, jo- uh, Joseph. Joseph, yes. And the reason for that, of course, was that he was the son of Joseph, and that was kind of how it went. And Josephus records him. The Jewish historian Josephus, first century historian, records uh, this particular individual. Is there any relation between uh, Caiaphas and Josephus? Not to, or not to our knowledge. That, I don't believe so, but I could be wrong on that because Josephus was definitely a part of the ruling class of Judah. Uh, yeah, you've got me on that one. There we go. Maybe I will, I will answer that one at the end of the next break for you. There we go. A, there is an answer coming up. Cool. Anyway, either, either, either which way, Josephus was a, a member of the ruling class and, of course, he knew all of the other members of the ruling class of Judah. And so when Josephus writes about things that he's eyewitness testimony, testament to, then it is better history than when he's writing about you know some things that are happening hundreds of years before his time. Indeed. However, he does record that uh, Caiaphas, who was also called Joseph, um, he says, besides which he also deprived Joseph, who was also called Caiaphas, of the high priesthood, and appointed Jonathan, the son of Annas, the former priest, to succeed him. Annas or Ananus? Well, it's spelt Ananus in Josephus. It's spelt Annas in the Bible. I see. And so you've got these, uh, and, and of course this was um, Caiaphas's father-in-law. What's interesting when you look at the priesthood at this particular time was that the priesthood, the, the position of high priest was the most powerful position that there was in Judea. I mean, you'd think that it'd probably be, you know, the king of the area or, or the, or, you know, po- politicians or whatnot, but it was the high priest that sort of oh, absolutely. gave them suggestions. Like, officially, it might have been the king, but behind the scenes, it was the high priest that was sort of influencing the decisions yeah, that the king made. and of course there was no king at this time. Well, yes, but... Uh, like Pilate and... and, and uh, it was a governor. Yeah. Yeah, and so their king was um, the emperor in Rome. So who was, who was King Herod then? King Herod was another governor. So, uh, so he, wasn't, he, he wasn't... Yeah, he was another... Actually, provincial a provincial king king. He was a, yep. a very high person though. That's right. Okay. Uh, okay. So when we look at uh, what's actually taking place here, we find that um, the Bible is actually recording these particular... Sorry, the history is recording these particular individuals. And you could ask the question, well, maybe Josephus conspired with the writers of the Bible to make up this mythical figure. Well, in 1990, a family tomb was discovered south of Jerusalem. It had 12 ossuaries. You know what an ossuary is? I have no idea. Okay, so it's a little bit like this. Um, These days, we either cremate somebody and put them in an urn, or we uh, bury them and put them in a coffin. Or put the coffin in a building. Yes. Back in the day, 
Um, Jewish custom was to bury in a cave, whether real or man-made. And so they would you know, dig a cave out of the mountainside. They would have lots of uh, spots in there where they could lay a body. And they would come back after the body had decomposed and turned back to a skeleton. And they would place that skeleton into a box. So it's a much, much smaller box. And it allowed for... Better they were, use of space. They were space conscious. They were space conscious, not space space conscious enough to do a cremation. Cremation, but space conscious enough so that yeah, when the when the flesh was gone, they collect all the bones up, put them in a box, and that was what was called an ossuary or a bone box. Is giving you the creeps there? Oh, just the whole. Like, I, I look. Me personally, just anything to do with death, it makes me uncomfortable. That's just my personal thing. Everyone's got their different things. That's mine, and it's just eh. maybe maybe you need to travel to. Uh, I'd say, really rather not. I don't know the, what you're going to say. The city but, of Rome, <laughs> and go and visit the catacombs. I oh, that's a, I'm going to tell you right now. That is never going to happen. It'd be way outside your comfort zone. Oh, just thinking about it makes me feel uncomfortable. Because yeah, when you walk down through the catacombs, of course. Um, you've got niches in the walls. Yes. You know, everyone's got their different I'm, things. All right. whenever, maybe, I should, maybe I should shut up. Whenever, Liam looks like he's about to leave the, uh, look, leave the studio. It's here. anything to do with like, like anything that injures people, except for myself. If I see a wound on myself, it fascinates me. However, a wound on someone else, that you know, a bone sticking out of someone's leg or someone that's dead, um, that is unharmed but is just dead, anything to do with a, a, a physical human being, it is... It, 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 it makes me feel uncomfortable. However, for animals, my mindset is completely different. I watch documentaries about, um, you know, uh, the predators hunting down their prey or, or, or falling down cliffs or, or whatnot. I have zero issues with that. Um, whereas some people have, have issues with that and no issues with humans. See, I can handle any amount of gore so long as it's not my own. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Everyone's got their own thing. If it's my own, it's like, yeah, I'll quietly just pass out now. Everyone's got their own thing. And, uh, yeah, going into the catacombs, looking at, you know, being surrounded by, you know. You you can do that on your your own. The thing I don't like is hospitals. Yeah, right. Which is not good for a minister. No, because, you know, you get it. Yeah, that's that's kind of, you know, part of what we do. But um, I have a real thing about hospitals. But no, if you want to go to the catacombs, uh, I'm more than happy to uh, let you go on your way. You'll stand at at the top. I'll stand at... I don't even know about that. I don't even know about that. (laughs) And look at the museum. That's the one. You're going to struggle going through some of the uh, museums in the ancient world. There's a lot of... um, Look... We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Yep. Until then... I think, I think what will happen, if you go to like the British Museum or something like that, you will be so excited by what you're seeing, you will push past it. Look, some, I suspect. Some things possibly. I suspect. Um, but yeah. Oh, some, things, some things that may be a little bit out of the... Oh, I'm, I'm thinking about it too much. Let's move on. Okay. <laughs> Let's not overthink stuff. Okay, so there was uh, these 12 ossuaries or bone boxes that were discovered. Um, the coins and the pottery dated it to the first century AD, and then they found one with the name of Joseph, son of Caiaphas, on the box. And many scholars believe that this has been, uh, this to have been the tomb and bone box of Caiaphas, the high priest. Well, if it's, if it's the tomb box of Caiaphas, the high priest, yes. why does it say, it, it, why does it have the name of his son? Uh, because Joseph was the um, Joseph, it was it was Caiaphas, it was Joseph who was the high priest who was also called 
Caiaphas. Uh, how does this? I've got to try and remember how it works in the in the Jewish family tree now. But according to the Jewish family tree, this is how it this is actually how it works. It's actually identifying him as um, Caiaphas. Yeah, good question. Ask, we'll a, come ask, back to ask it. an archaeologist, <laughs> and they will tell you the answer to that question. But the, yes, but, but at the end of the day, regardless of how we get to it, that's, yeah, yeah, they have found a tomb of nobility. Yep. Um, and that dates to the right time, the right place, and has the right name on it to be Caiaphas the high priest. But, you know, that's not the only name that is mentioned in history that relates to this story, is it? No, that's not. Let's go and have a look at another one. Um, where are we going to go? Let's go to John chapter 18, verse 29 to 31. John chapter 8. Pardon me, I've got the hiccups this morning. John chapter 18. I'm sure everyone needed to know that, didn't they? John chapter 18, uh, verses... 29 to 31 says yes Jesus replied and I assure you that everyone who has given up house or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will be repaid many times over in this okay there's John life. chapter 18 oh no that's Luke chapter 18 I was going to say it wasn't quite <laughs> reading how I expected it to read oh, my apologies that's, uh, yeah, I didn't expect that. Great verse, that though. Great oh, verse. Yeah. Um, it sort of relates to... Uh, a reward for all people who will, uh, regardless it, of where they come from. It relates to uh, what we were talking about uh, earlier in the program. does indeed. Um, I've got another verse I could talk to you about that. But uh, I'll quickly... No, look, I'll, I'll come back to this. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Now, we are in uh, John chapter 18 uh, and... Verse 20. Uh, before we do, we had a question that uh, we were looking at. Oh, that's right. And that was, was Josephus related to Caiaphas? Yes. And the answer to that question is there is every likelihood that he was. Uh, we just took a moment to uh, look that up and we find that his father was of priestly descent and his mother of royal descent. So he was a person of nobility. And because his father was of priestly descent, then at some point they were related to each other. At well, what point that was and how directly related, we don't know. Indeed. His father's go. name was Matthias. Oh, I feel like, I think I might have studied this dude when I was in uh, in high school. Not that I remember anything of it, though. Anyway, but I remember I remember the name Matthias coming. Anyway, moving on, though. So uh, we're in John chapter 18 and verse 28. Is it? Is it 28 or 29? It is 20, 20, 29. All right, so uh, John chapter 18, verses 29 to 31 says, So Pilate the governor went out to them and asked, What is your charge against this man? We wouldn't have handed him over to you if you weren't, if he, we wouldn't have handed him over to you if he weren't a criminal, they retorted. Then they take him away and judge him by your, then take him away and judge him by your own law, Pilate told them. Only the Romans are permitted to execute someone, the Jewish leaders replied. This fulfilled Jesus' prediction about the way he would die. Okay, so here we come to an individual by the name of Pilate. Let's talk about Pontius Pilate. Pontius Pilate. Pontius Pilate. And of course, you've got these major characters and you is, have to... Just, just quickly, is Pontius uh, a, a name or a title? I now you're asking me all these kind of questions <laughs> that I have not prepared for. I believe that's part of his name. Okay, let me just uh, because we, answer that question. Typically, we know him as uh, as Pilate, um, and and Pontius Pilate is is quite often referred. To, it, 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 it sounds like it's a title, 
I could I could be very wrong, but to me it sounds like a title, and um, yeah, and it's just like King Herod. We don't always refer to King Herod as King Herod. Sometimes we just stick with Herod. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's we'll come back to it. We'll um while while uh, while Lyle's looking that up, I'll uh, I'll keep going on. So yeah, this is Pontius Pilate that we're looking at here. And um, there's many, as we were looking at before, Caiaphas, we found some evidence that he existed. Yeah, Pontius is just his first name. Okay, there we go. Yeah. Um, but So with Caiaphas in 1990, they discovered some evidence that he existed. But if we go back a little bit further than 1990 to 1961, yes, there is an inscription bearing the name of Pontius Pilate, uh, the prefect of Judea under the Emperor Tiberius. And this is found on a stone in a theatre at Caesarea Maritima. Caesarea Maritima. Caesarea yes, Maritima. Been there. been there, seen it. Really? With my own eyes. Seen the word, well, I mean, it probably didn't say Pontius Pilate because it was probably in a different language. Um, it's in Latin. Could you, in, when it is in Latin, can you still sort of work out that it's Pontius Pilate? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Latin is one of those languages that is very closely related to English because we have so much Latin that has leaked across into the English language. It's also related to Italian, obviously. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a Romance language, Italian, Spanish, Romanian, uh, Portuguese, etc. And so it's one of, those, one of those languages that you can sort of read it and decipher it as you go. So what is Pontius Pilate's name in Latin? Pontius Pilate. <laughs> There yep, we go. That's, that's his Latin name. <laughs> yep. There we go. This was one that came straight across into the uh, into the Greek without really being changed whatsoever at all. Ah, uh, very good. All right. So, so with both of these cases, you know, we see some of the principal figures that have that surrounded the death of Jesus Christ, and they have been corroborated by history. So they've been yes. So, so there, there is evidence that we can see in today that. These people that sort of were ver- that were pivotal to, or that were incredibly important to what happened to Jesus. There is evidence that those people existed. Absolutely, and of course you got the uh, Roman historian uh, Tacitus, and so this guy is not a Jew or has anything to do with. It. He's just a Roman historian, and he writes of Jesus Christ. He records his execution by Pontius Pilate during the reign of Tiberius. Um, he speaks about the early Christians in Rome. You've got Pliny the Younger, uh, who was a Roman governor. And in AD 112, 113 thereabouts, which was very close to those events, um, you know, he, he writes to the Emperor Trajan asking how he should treat, treat the Christians. Um, he describes how they meet together, um, how they gather and sing hymns as to a god and so forth. And so what we've got is that, you know, there are a number of, you know, separate historical references to Jesus we have absolute confidence that Jesus was real and that he existed and that he did what he said that he was here to do, that he, that he did what he said that he did, and what the Bible says. Indeed. So, yeah. Okay, so when we come to the subject of Jesus and uh, the historicity of Jesus, this becomes incredibly important. If, for instance, uh, you can prove that Buddha never existed, the Buddhist religion would never change. The Buddhist religion is not based on the necessity of... A big of, dude with a big tummy. Yeah, of Buddha <laughs> ever having lived. Yeah. Uh, the Buddhist religion is a philosophy. Whereas for Christianity, because Christianity itself relies... It's in the name, Christ. That's right. And it relies on the fact that Jesus came to this earth, that Jesus was God, 
that he came to this earth, that he died, was buried, and resurrected. So if Jesus never died, no sacrifice was ever paid for our sins, we're all lost. If Jesus was never resurrected, then there's no resurrection of the dead. Well, we can be forgiven of our sins, but what what good does that do for you if you're going to die and never be raised anyway? So we're all lost. And so without the death of Jesus, without the resurrection of Jesus, Christianity does not exist, and we are simply all lost. And so we do, as a religion, rely very, very heavily on historical, um, the, the historical reality of what the Bible says. And this is one of the reasons why you'll find that Christianity will engage with atheism and challenge atheism. And this is one of the reasons why atheism will attack Christianity, but no other religion. It's the only religion that atheism ever really significantly attacks. And when you get a militant atheist... They are always going to be reacting, not to Buddhism or Hinduism or any of the other isms. They are always reacting to Christianity. And the reason that they're reacting to Christianity is because Christianity is a religion that relies on the existence of certain historical facts. And that if you do away with those facts, then Christianity ceases to exist. You can do away with all kinds. You can, you can change. You can have any kind of history you want. And the philosophy of Buddhism doesn't change. It stays the same. It's basically kind of Jedi religion. Uh, Very similar between those two religions right there. But in Christianity, we serve Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, our best friend, our God, the ruler and creator of the universe, the second person of the Godhead, And we serve him because he loved us, he gave his life for us, and he rose again, and he will be coming back to this earth.